so boring when I'm old like you. Hello, everyone. Uh, well, welcome to another of what is uh, becoming something of a regular feature around these parts uh, these days here on Elwood City Limits. It's another opportunity for us to take a look at a piece of Arthur Ephemera here on the show with a very special guest. Welcome to the podcast, this ECL Extra. My name is Will Young, and with me today is somebody that, uh, well, uh, I know that uh, you listeners have been wondering when he is going to be coming back onto the show, and it turns out that I found a great thing for us to talk about today. So, with us once again, uh, one of our most well-received guest stars, I'll I'll go so far as to say, uh, Mr. Jordan Taylor. Hey, Jordan. Hey, how are you doing? I'm doing real well, dude. It's Sunday. Uh, it's a nice-looking day out there. It's minus, it's like minus 28 degrees where, where I am. How is it, uh, how's, how's things where you are? <laughs> Uh, well, I mean, it's been, you know, like 16 degrees Fahrenheit, but then uh, just today it's warmed up to be in the 40s, so thank goodness. Oh, that sounds heavenly right about now. Definitely looking forward to summer sooner rather than later. I, You know, I got to ask before we get into it, uh, <laughs> I was uh, showing a couple of your videos to my uh, fiancé recently. Uh, how's the cat doing? Oh, man, the cat, <laughs> the cat is, is doing fine. We put out a part two uh, episode, and uh, the cat is uh, out, of the, out of the ceiling and is now warming up to us, still scared, but downstairs in the, in the basement area. But I can go down, and the cat, you know, comes on my lap, and I, you know, but she won't come upstairs when we're around. So I don't, I don't get it, but she is warming up to us. It is, it's nice. Okay, that's good. That was a that was a harrowing story there. If you haven't <laughs> if you haven't seen it, check out uh, Jordan Taylor on YouTube. He's got a great uh, two parter about the cat that was stuck in his wall, and uh, yeah, no, I I was just like my, my fiance was watching that and just like, wow, where is this going? I have no idea. <laughs> Yeah, and then the cat dies oh. in the wall. Well, no, we, we were afraid that's where it was going, especially yeah. like <laughs> at the beginning of those videos. You got such a dire look on your face. I'm like, oh, no, the worst has happened. <laughs> yes, I, I, I was very scared there for a minute. So, I uh, Jordan, I wanted to ask you to uh, talk today about, um, well, it's not an episode of Arthur. It's not even an episode of a show that isn't Arthur. It's actually uh, a tape slash CD called Arthur and Friends, the first almost real, not live, CD or tape, in parentheses. I wanted to ask you, uh, I, w- I wanted to talk to you about this because you have some experience uh, with music yourself. Yes, I uh, I put out an album, oh man, was that in 2015? Yeah, 2015, so I guess almost two years now. Uh, yeah, two years now, good grief, because it's 2018. Where has the time gone? <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I put out an album... Uh, like a full-length CD and everything. I had never um, really recorded uh, music before other than just kind of at home uh, back when technology was a little more primitive and it was harder to record uh, professional stuff um, on the cheap relatively. Uh, so, yeah, it was it was a really cool experience. to, to uh, I um, made a Kickstarter with my brother and got the album uh, funded and uh, through, through Blimey Cow and uh, my fans and everything like that, and which was... I was very, very, very grateful. Um, so they allowed me to go into the studio and kind of record some songs that I've uh, written over the you know course of um, a few years and uh, just kind of never never had the opportunity to record them uh, you know f- professionally, which w- was a great experience. And so I, I learned a lot 
uh, while I was in the studio and everything like that. So yeah, hopefully I can add to the conversation today about uh, what what is a a great album by Arthur and Friends. <laughs> uh, you also have a grasp on kind of like what makes uh, styles of music tick because uh, one of my favorite videos of yours is the uh, the country song that you made from scratch. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it, it that that video was a, was a lot of fun to make. We actually had a, a friend from uh, from from uh, Canada who um, helped us out with that album, and he I mean not with that album with that with that uh, video, and he's man he's a he's a genius when it comes to music. So I didn't personally uh, write that song or anything like that. It was our friend, but uh, he you know allowed us to use it in a video. Uh, I I love that video, the country music song. It's. <laughs> It's it's a it's a real winner, especially like I worked it worked in country radio for a few years, so I know. Oh, nice. <laughs> and, and, and like everything was just like, oh, this is it to a T. <laughs> but yeah, so you, I mean, I really don't know a lot about music, so I appreciate the uh, viewpoint of somebody who knows uh, more than I do in this sense. Yes, this is uh, the very first. Uh, music CD that was released for Arthur. Uh, I had this on a tape. Now, kids, uh, a, 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 an audio tape is what we used to listen <laughs> to music on. I was, I was, I was at, I was at work this week, and uh, some, I was working with uh, this girl who I found out was 18 years old, and then I was just like, oh, my mom was your age when she had me. <laughs> And I was had a minor uh, <laughs> yeah. existential crisis. That's uh, right. So I realized that, like, as much as it is a joke to like you and me, like we know what audio tapes are, but I imagine for some of our younger listeners, they may not have even seen one before. So you know, it's yeah. like not to get too simple on it, but it's a, you know a small rectangle with uh, tape inside of it, and that's how you used to listen to audio even before CDs. It was tapes and eight tracks, and I had. A Walkman, which was essentially uh, the mm. iPod for kids in the 1990s, it could mm. uh, play tapes on the go. And yep. this this uh, this particular tape, this Arthur and Friends, uh, it was the soundtrack for many a car ride, a long car ride, because I used to just listen to tapes over and over again. And uh, even so, this is how primitive it was back then. Is that when if you listen to a tape too much, you would have to like physically re-spool the tapes because the um the material inside of them would get all like tangled up and stuff <laughs> like can you imagine yeah. <laughs> i can't imagine it was a a different time back then man uh i'm i i think the 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 reason i'm so happy about you know where we are now in our technology is that you you don't have to physically rewind the tape and then, like, try – if you want to listen to the song again, you know, back then you had to push the rewind button and have it go back, and you had to stop it, try and get it at the exact spot that the song started. That was that was really a hassle. That was annoying. Yeah, we definitely have it a lot better these days. Uh, Jordan, did you – have you ever heard before this episode, did you ever encounter this CD or tape in the wild when you were younger? No, I, I had never um, – I might have heard of it, but I didn't have it growing up. But I mean, I definitely had seen the uh, the music video Arthur uh, episode of Arthur, and uh, that's what uh, some of these songs uh, originate from. I don't know. Actually, I'll ask you: Did they uh, 
Did this CD tape come out before or after the music video episode of Arthur was so, released? So this album was released in uh, 1998, um, and this is this around the same time that Ar- Arthur's Almost Real Not Live Music Festival uh, aired. In fact, this this episode that you and I are recording right now is going to be airing pretty much right after we talk about Arthur's almost live, not real music festival. So it was around the same time, uh, you know, they would have recorded the music around the same time and probably produced the episode not long after that. Uh, The episode came out in December of 1998 and the uh, uh, tape slash CD a little bit before that. I will also say there is apparently a limited edition vinyl of this album that was released in 2016. (laughs) So if anybody's got got a line on that vinyl... Uh, I have a record. I have a record player that needs to needs some spins. <laughs> Dude, that would be pretty sweet. Uh, that would be awesome. Yeah, absolutely. That's a collector's item right there. All right, so we've got ourselves the album to look forward to. Uh, we had to kind of. Uh, it was kind of a ramshackle uh, way of get, getting to the album. Yeah. You know, I had to make a playlist and send it to you, and then there was a video <laughs> that had like half of it and this sort of thing. So, I would definitely encourage you if you like what you hear, you can you know purchase this from Amazon or eBay or anything like that. It's definitely a lot easier than trying to find it as piecemeal as uh, Jordan and I did. <laughs> Yeah, that that was fine. Yeah, I was listening to the <laughs> to the album and then it just cut off midway and I was like, "Wait, what the heck?" And then <laughs> the person on YouTube had at the end said the tape snapped in half or something. <laughs> like, I was like, "What?" <laughs> oh, that's and that's another thing. Can you imagine like, you know, snapping your music in half? <laughs> These things were as pretty fragile when you think about it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It made me laugh. So we're going to go track by track and give our thoughts on each one. And I mean, how could you start Arthur's first album with anything but the theme song of the show uh, by Ziggy Marley and the Melody Makers? Believe in yourself, parentheses, a wonderful kind of day. Uh, I mean, this is, um, it's a great, it's a great song. It's, you know, it's kind of at this point, it's the background music of my life because I hear it so much, Uh, but it's hard for me to hear it as anything else but the Arthur song. You know, it's not, it's not even really a song. It's just kind of a theme. So was this song just used by Arthur just by happenstance? Like they, they thought, oh, this would be a good song or did, did the band write it for Arthur? Um... Now, that's a good question. I'm not 100% certain on that. I feel like it might be... Because um... there's no references to Arthur in the song. It's just kind of like, you know, more of a broad stroke of kind of like what the show is about. So I didn't know. As a, Yeah, I've, I've always wondered that. Yeah, me too. And I, to be completely honest, I can't give you a, I can't give you a positive answer on that or not, but... Uh, it, it does kind of remind me of like you know you watch an anime or something and they use like a licensed song. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. It's it, it could be one. It could be the other. It's just very general enough. But I think the I want to say the fact that it's on um, you know a, a music release that they were able to make money from. It's I imagine that mm. it would probably be easier to just commission a song and then have have the rights to it. Although it's it's kind of up in the air. If if anybody listening knows the definitive answer to this, uh, please let us know at the normal social media and email channels. I'd actually really like to know. 
Yeah. Um, I will I will say that the song itself, while it is good, it kind of starts to feel like a loop after the first minute. Like, yeah. Uh, maybe this is credence to the fact that it was made for Arthur, but like after the first minute, it kind of doesn't have anything else to say. It just kind of. <laughs> repeats what it already did in <laughs> you have just to kinda... listen to your heart yeah over and over and over yeah again. <laughs> it's uh so maybe that or that's kind of like all they had and they just kind of <laughs> dressed it up in different ways but so maybe that's an argument for it being for the show i don't know it's not exactly uh uh a standalone song but it is very yeah. pleasant to listen to and of course it gives you the nostalgia feels which is exactly what you want when yeah you're starting this off and it was interesting, like, listening to the entirety of the song instead of just, like, the, you know, snippet of the intro. But to hear the beginning of the song with just kind of, like, the music, like, kind of ramping up, uh, you know, for when the actual song begins. Like, that they used that part, like, the intro of the song as the outro to Arthur, you know? Because they don't, they just kind of play the musical rendition of the, um, of the song, like, during the credits of Arthur or whatever, um... I just yeah I just thought it was interesting that that was at the beginning of of the song. Um, I I guess always assumed I guess that was at the end of the song, but it was at the beginning. Mm. Well, yeah, good way to start it all off, and then uh, we keep it going strong, man. With and this has got to be, um, this I feel like is one of the most well remembered things about people who only barely remember Arthur. The second mm. the second song on the album is Library Card, which you've no doubt heard. Uh, from the episode, you've probably seen the music video uh, from the from the episode of Arthur. Because is there any more immortal line in all of Arthur history than "Having fun isn't hard when you've got a library card"? No, I I that might be the the most best quoted line. Of Arthur, period. For, yeah, you're right. For just people who do, who barely remember Arthur, they will remember that line if you say it. They're like, oh yeah, yeah, classic. You know, it's. I mean, it's an earworm. It's easy to remember. And you know, the one that always went around my my elementary school was, you know, having fun isn't hard when you've got your parents' Visa card. <laughs> yeah, that line works too. They could have, you know, maybe a remix of the song. They could. Uh, insert that line. Oh, dude. I mean, the fact that there weren't like <laughs> dozens of body remixes of this on like Kazaa and LimeWire back yeah. in the day. Like if if it had come out a couple of years later, this would have been all over file sharing sites. Hey kids, speaking of which, that's how we <laughs> used to get our music, not just from tapes, but from uh, Kazaa and LimeWire and uh, all these other shady file sharing <laughs> services. Did you ever use one of those? Uh, I think my brother did at some point. I, I wasn't as tech savvy as, as he was when we were younger. He was kind of like the mastermind behind everything. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, my my older sister introduced me to that, too. We had Bear Share was our first one and then kind of graduated to LimeWire, which was, quote unquote, the best. But oh, <laughs> uh, like just dozens and dozens of, you know, filthy remixes of children's. <laughs> themed songs and <laughs> usually misattributed to weird al that's like one of the oh, oh, yeah. running yeah. jokes of that whole thing <laughs> anyway this song is is pretty cool it's got like a nice little electric guitar line that kind of is pretty steady throughout the whole thing uh and as has been said before arthur is all about pushing the public library agenda and this is no different uh one of the lines that kind of stuck out to me uh all the thoughts and dreams of people throughout history 
and all you need is this little card to borrow them for free. <laughs> Which may be a little quaint because nowadays you can just go online and like right. download all the thoughts and dreams of people and <laughs> it's from the most mundane to the most important. Yeah, I thought it would be funny. I mean, going back to like the remix uh, renditions of the song, I don't know if anybody's done this, but I was telling uh, my wife, Sarah, I was like, after, you know, I had re-listened to this, I was like, you know, it's funny how this song, it still holds up like to this day, but you know, it's just, it, it just seems old because yeah, I mean, we have iPhones now, we have smartphones and everything. It's like, if somebody did a funny rendition of this song, like in the modern times, like technological era that we're in i just think that that would be really really funny like you're just changing all the lyrics to stuff that kids know today and stuff i just thought it'd be really funny yeah and it definitely uh it doesn't have much of an appeal outside of kids like so it's talking about right. all the stuff that you can find in a library you know like all of the stuff that you can look up all the books you can read all the subjects and everything uh there's a line from francine here uh puppet shows and movies the cool things never end it's like okay movies yes to be like kids uh a public library is a great place to get uh cds and movies for free like it's now that rental chains are going out of business the library is your next best bet uh puppet puppet shows i want to say are only cool if you're under five years old (laughs) i hope like i hope unless it's unless we're talking like avenue q or something yeah I mean, and they're, <laughs> I mean, these kids are like, you know, eight years old and uh, stuff. So, I, 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 yeah, I, I agree. It seems like they're, maybe they're getting a little too old for the puppet shows. But, you know, Francine likes what she likes. I mean, you can't really argue with her, I guess. Sure. I mean, hey, that's, that's, that's where our Muppeteers come from is that, yes, that right. the, the cool things never end for them. And don't forget, the Dewey Decimal System is your friend. <laughs> we, get, we get this kind of running joke near the end of the song where DW is trying to figure out who's Dewey. <laughs> and I remember that confused me as a kid because, like, I was kind of aware of what the Dewey Decimal System was, right. but right. I was like, who is Dewey? Yeah, who is Dewey? Who, yeah, she's right. Who is Dewey? <laughs> like, I remember there was yeah. a line in a previous Arthur episode about how Muffy thought that Thomas Edison invented the Dewey Decimal System, and Mr. <laughs> Rapper was like, no, that was Dewey. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I admit to ignorance on the Dewey Decimal System. In fact, speaking of ignorance, I'm not even sure if libraries u- still use the Dewey Decimal System. Yeah, I was wondering that as well. I was going to ask you. I mean, I don't, I don't think they do. I, I mean, I remember going to the library and like having to pull out the cards and like yes. look through the in- inventory. I don't think that they have that anymore. I mean, I, it's been a while since I've you know really scavenged through a library. Um, but I last time I went, I don't remember seeing a filing cabinet or anything like that. There. I I appreciate that you're coming to me with all these questions, these sagely <laughs> questions, and like I'm sorry to disappoint you that I really don't know as much as maybe I seem to uh, put forth. It seems that the Dewey Decimal System, as Wikipedia is telling me right now, uh, is still available. Uh, the classification system is used in 200,000 libraries in at least 135 countries. Okay, so then it, it's just the I guess my version of what I think is the Dewey Decimal System is pulling out index cards and looking through. But I guess it's probably advanced further than that. Uh, yeah, they, they probably have more of a, a technological way of doing that these days. Yeah, the card catalog and all that. I, I, yeah. I, I, I've never looked for a card catalog, but now next time I go to my local library, which is not unoften... That's not a word, but uh, I will I will actively look for a Dewey Decimal System or even just a card catalog, and you should too, kids. So we got off to a hot start with uh, 
the theme song to Arthur and library card. And then, in my opinion at least, we kind of put the brakes on a little bit with the third song, Arthur versus the Piano. So I listened to this song um, multiple times. I mean, like, let's be honest. I put this on repeat over and over again, like this this album, or at least the first half of the album, because that was what I had before the person's tape snapped, and that was the most easily accessible. Um, and this song, I'll admit, was not my favorite at first. I, I was like, I, okay, so, you know, he's playing. Basically, Arthur is playing the piano, and he's being forced to practice, I guess, by his parents or whoever. It doesn't really say. Um, and he doesn't like to practice the piano, so it's kind of like this battle between him and the piano. And uh, at the end, he really, really finds out that he enjoys uh, coming up with new stuff on the on the piano by like happenstance, like he uh, accidentally plays a wrong uh, chord, and it, it turns out to be something that he actually thinks sounds cool. And so then he starts to really enjoy playing. And uh, I kind of like once I re-listened to the song a lot, um, I I started to not dislike it as much as i did at the start but it's definitely not my favorite song on on the cd but i i do like that there's kind of like that uh you know that lesson of because i mean when i would play music like practicing one of my songs for my cd that i was making like i really at some point when you play the same thing over and over and over again like arthur was doing like practicing um, you start to just absolutely hate everything that you're writing and then sometimes you'll just accidentally mess up and then it's like oh wait that that could be something. And then, like, so I, like, when I was listening to Arthur get excited after he messed up, I was like, oh, I've done that many times. And so I felt, I, that felt true to me. And uh, that's kind of what uh, was saving the song for me, I guess, was that I, I related to it in some way. Okay. And I mean, I, and I do kind of understand that part. I thought it was funny, like, how much it seems Arthur really doesn't like the piano, but it's more <laughs> of just like practice for a kid is a really, practice as an adult is a really hard sell. So def- yeah. definitely touching on things that are easy, easy to relate to. I don't know. It's just compared to the two songs that we've had before, I just found this one not wholly pleasant to listen oh. to like to casually yeah. listen to and i yeah. and i want to say like i don't want to be too harsh on you know the the singers or the musicians here uh the voice actors doing their own songs i must say that's pretty impressive and yeah. hey th- they're recorded artists and i'm not so uh there's only so much that i can say but uh it, this is also one of the first songs where they interpolate uh like classical music or like well-known uh pieces so, like, there's a part where Arthur plays chopsticks and does lyrics to that. I felt mm. at some points the lyrics felt like they were a little bit over, I don't know, overwritten might be the word of just, like, having, yeah. ha- like, taking chopsticks and trying to write lyrics to it is a, a, would be a little clumsy. Because I feel like chopsticks is the kind of thing where it's, yeah. me- it's, it's just meant to exist as music. You don't really need lyrics to it. Yeah, I mean, and the, the lyrics are just like, practicing is just the same thing over and over and over and over. Like, he says that a like 100,000 times in the song. So it, yeah. it gets a little old. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, I agree with everything that you're saying. The the, <laughs> the lyrics also get a little strange. Uh, there's a point. There's a part where Arthur goes through all the scales, which was actually a good reminder. I haven't thought about music scales in a long time. As tangential as you please, such as do, as in dough, it's uncooked bread. I'm like, okay. Uh, and then yeah. and then the weirdest one is right after that. Ray, like in Ray Gun, that turns you to a nerd. Like, yeah, uh, that didn't that didn't make much sense. <laughs> I guess they couldn't get too violent with it, but I'm like, come on, man. I'm I'm eight years old. I know what a ray gun does, and it doesn't turn you to a nerd. <laughs> it, like, blasts a hole in your chest. I didn't know if he was, like, referring to something in the show that happened. I, d- I, re- yeah, I really don't, I don't think, think so. Yeah, it was just too bizarre. I thought surely there was something behind the lyric, but I don't think that there was. No, and it, it was, I was just kind of looking there, puzzled. of just like, turns you to a nerd. Did they, <laughs> could, I, I guess that was the best thing that kind of had that <laughs> specific amount of syllables or something. Uh, yeah, so it kind of goes on like that. I will say that uh, the ending of Arthur kind of turning his practice into like an impromptu jazz piano uh number was actually kind of cool and then arthur kind of starts like scatting over the jazz piano he's like (laughs) woohoo so i thought that was kind of awkward but in a fun way yeah and it was kind of weird at the same time because arthur doesn't really ever do anything like that in the show so to hear the voice actor's voice do that like oh yeah this is cool like it just didn't it didn't really feel like Arthur, so I was like, it, it kind of felt like the voice actor more coming through than Arthur, just because I've never heard Arthur, like, uh, have those expressions, I guess, on the show. So it was just, anyways, but just something I noticed. Mm. Well, not the not the best one, but then we keep on going uh, to a Buster song, the UFO song. I'm sure there are UFOs out there somewhere. I'd like to ride in one. I'd never be scared. A spaceship touched down in my yard. I would run right towards it, yelling, Greetings! Let's go have some fun. Let's have some fun. Let's have some fun. Let's go have some fun. Yes, yes. S- speaking of, speaking of uh, your experience, our experiences with country music, this sounds a lot like a country song. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, again, this isn't my. my favorite song on on the album i have a couple songs that i wrote down that i said not my favorite and this was one of them uh i mean it it, it's a song about buster and ufos i mean like it's it's a you know when i think of like really really classic arthur songs you know you're thinking of uh the library song um jekyll jekyll hyde uh stuff like that so i just not ever hearing this song it like i it just sounded like one of those songs that i, I just kind of listened to and then got to the next song but i wanted to know what you thought about it um i kind of liked it i thought that the the country vibe uh actually really worked pretty well in making yeah. distinguishing it like this whole album uh you know dips into different genres here and there which is good it helps to kind of make everything uh a lot pop a lot more uh and i i also really like so buster's voice actor is daniel brochu and i think that he's got a very pleasant singing voice to listen to Mm. he kind of alternates between speaking as buster and singing as buster which again is a very difficult thing to do to sing as your voice as as the voice that you're doing uh and i'll get to that a little bit later with somebody else uh I, I I thought it was kind of fun. Again, it's not maybe something I'd listen to casually. Uh, I yeah, do yeah. I do wonder uh, 
you know, Buster says near the end of the song, it's all about what he would do if aliens came here. Like he would uh, <laughs> set up some lawn chairs and a table of snacks so that they can relax. <laughs> Uh, maybe they take him home to their school and use him as show and tell. And at the end, he says, uh, in the meantime, uh, maybe I'll study rocketry. And I'm like, okay, well, Buster is not the best student uh, <laughs> by any metric. So I wonder if he ever really shaped up and studied rocketry. Yeah. Um, I he, You know what? Buster is a surprising character. So he might have mustered, must, mustered the... the <laughs> Uh, the, the courage to do better in school so he could really, you know, try and hunt down the aliens. That would be an interesting, like, dude, I, this is an aside, but I kind of wish that they would make, you know, another, like, the the college years of Arthur or the teen years or something like that. But at the same time, I kind of don't want them to because I don't want them to mess it up. Uh, but, man, I just, I just think in my head, like, where would the characters be? You know, maybe that's what Buster's doing. That's a that's a great point. I think that's something that I feel like a lot of people would like to see, especially with the advent of uh, that uh, Arthur Riverdale uh, style video that was pop oh, yeah. that was popular a couple of months ago. I feel like there would be an audience for that of just like uh, seeing what everybody got up to. I mean, that's that's the case with every every show that ends. You just want to know what happened after Happily Ever After. Although to be fair, Arthur isn't over. It's still yeah. it's still going strong. So we may have to wait a little bit for that. But maybe in maybe in twenty years or so, we'll find out what uh, the <laughs> middle aged uh, Arthur crew is up to. And maybe did Buster did indeed uh, master rocketry. <laughs> Uh, so the next one is a Francine song, Meek for a Week, and mm. there are several songs on here that if you've seen the episode, then yeah. it's it's just the episode in song form, which it, it's it's not a, it's not a value judgment. It's not good. It's not bad. It's just kind of like, well, it's just a different take on the episode. And in right. the, this one, I, I I don't really recall being terribly memorable, uh, although it does start start very well. And again, Francine's voice actor has a great really strong voice and later on in the series we haven't gotten to it yet but francine uh shows that she can sing very well and that's of course due in no in complete part to her voice actor who is very good uh starts it off with the with the excellent line why shouldn't i say that i am great when it's only true Yeah, it pretty much uh, encapsulates her her character. Uh, this song, yeah, I agree. It's just kind of a recap of of uh, what is that episode called? It's it, uh, it, it, I, it, it's I, literally meet for, me for a week for a week. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it was you know a recap of the it's like the the Wikipedia article of the of, of the of that episode, <laughs> but I don't know. I mean, it, it it had some funny lines in it and stuff, but yeah, I mean. It, it's a recap of the episode. <laughs> I think if Francine's voice actor wasn't as strong as she is, then I would probably feel a bit more negative towards it. But be- yeah, but because she is, I'm kind of like, all right, well, it's it's just kind of in the middle for me. Yeah, she really is a you know a great uh, singer as long as well as a voice actor. Uh, okay, so next one is again one of the iconic 
uh, songs of this entire album and of Arthur's time. I feel like uh, Library Card, I think, is the one where, like, even people who weren't big fans of Arthur, they will mm. know this. Now, the people, the kids who did watch Arthur when they were younger, they will most likely know Jekyll and Hyde because it's it's an earworm of the highest degree. Of it's It's a story about how... The brain re- reads Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Then he has a series of nightmares about how he becomes essentially that character. Uh, and the chorus going, Jekyll, Jekyll, Hyde, Jekyll, Hyde, Hyde, Jekyll, 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 Hyde, Jekyll, Hyde. I mean, as soon as you hear it once, it's like, and they repeat it enough times where it just gets into your brain. <laughs> Yeah, I, I've been uh, singing this song nonstop for the past like week now. Ever since you sent me the album, <laughs> and uh, me and Sarah have have she even she has been singing this song over and over again. She's like, man, I, that's such a great song. <laughs> like it really is. And I mean, it's got a cool story to it. Honestly, uh, there's yeah. you know with the songs that are essentially episodes that have already been done. I'd kind of like to see this as an episode. It does make it into. Mm. It does make it into the uh, the music episode as like its own music video, but just if you flesh this out to eleven minutes uh, to its own story, I'd be into it. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, yeah, it's almost like an episode of Arthur in and of itself, like just a really really short one in mm. music form. Yeah, that's interesting. That would be that would be like maybe if they made a an Arthur book about uh, the Jekyll and Hyde. Uh, episode that would be that would be interesting you could do that too and i mean there's a lot of striking visuals that you can take advantage of because it's like brain is essentially when he becomes his mr hyde persona like his skin turns green he's got this like stringy patchy hair he's got like uh one one wild eye and one kind of closed one it's it's a great it's a great character look plus he's got like the whole jack the ripper top hat and like coat so yeah. it's it's immediately recognizable to go along with this song, which I'd say has a bit more bite since it has the underlying kind of electric guitar. Uh, it's a little bit, I, I guess, meaner would be the word, but it's, you know, it's mm-hmm. as mean as Arthur gets. Uh, I did get, I always get a kick out of the brain's second dream where he like becomes Mister Hyde in the classroom. Uh, <laughs> it, it, it it's a very good use of, of dream logic in. Uh, in a television show that's like it's nonsensical as you please like i had a i had a dream last night where uh i had to go to work and then i uh somebody made me essentially be behind a counter which is not what i have to do at work anyway the point point is is that like this doesn't make any sense and i woke up i'm like oh that's why it doesn't make sense and so brain brains is that they had to do this test in school they had to give the answers in semaphore and for extra credit grow a beard (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> semaphore is like the is like the i believe it's a naval kind of sig, uh sign language for like using flags uh to move oh, right. different states and stuff but like what kid is gonna pick up on like this is how i learned what semaphore was if you want to hear uh lucas's thoughts on this song uh check out the episode that we did recently on uh arthur's almost live not real music festival we keep going forward again to another episode in song form with My Dog Pal. My Dog Pal is better than all the rest. His doggy face makes any place the absolute 
so much like the episode where Arthur was talking about when he got Pal and everybody kind of kept putting their two cents in of like, it should be this kind of story. No, it should be this kind of story. This time it's, it should be this kind of song. It should be this kind of song. And uh, it allows them to use more classical music. Uh, and so if you're really eagle-eared, then you can hear uh, which uh, fa- which famous compositions that they're using here. I'm really bad at placing those, so I couldn't necessarily tell you by name, but I definitely recognized a few of them. Yeah, I I actually um liked this song a lot. I it was good. It was it was like different than like the uh, the Francine song where she was just basically recapping the entire episode of her trying to be meek for a week. Um, this this song is it kind of you know it's about Arthur getting Powell in in some way, but uh, so it kind of recaps that Arthur episode, which I'm not exactly sure what what that episode is called now i can't recall um oh shoot yeah i am I'm, I'm blanking on it too uh i just remember i i just remembered as the one where he i think it's arthur writes a story is that what it is that what it's called i think so arthur's pet or is it called arthur's pet anyways it doesn't really matter anyways there, it, it's well, just kind of Arthur's pet business yeah. is when he first got Pal and is like that's right, the story, that's but then there's another episode about him retelling that story. Oh, that's right. And yeah, you, I, I'm talking about the the one you just said, Arthur's pet company. Pet, 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 pet business. Yeah, yeah. That, I mean, because that's that's when he originally gets Pal and everything, right? That's 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 right. At the end of the episode, he gets to okay. keep one of the puppies. That's right. Yeah. So it was just kind of like this. This song was. <laughs> Kind of him uh, trying to make that story a little more interesting as he was getting input from DW, who was like, maybe you need to add an elephant into the song because people really like elephants um, and stuff like that. And so Arthur adds elephants and then Buster comes in and he's like, no, that's not you should tell the story how it was. And it, it, it's just I thought it was a pretty funny song. Uh, I liked it a lot. Yeah, and you get to hear Arthur's voice actor like he re- he puts on like a real exaggerated twang when he does like the country song <laughs> near the end of it, and that's yeah, that's something to hear. Which that was in. I, I thought it was funny because that uh, that song, that that part of the song was in that episode. Um, they eventually did make it into a country song. Like he had it had dis- he had distilled it to the point where it just was nothing like what he was trying to do. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> uh, even even his original song that he's trying to write uh, is on a bit of shaky ground itself. Uh, one of the lines is like dogs of a feather. We belong together. <laughs> I, I like how his voice at times and the voice actor's voice sometimes it seems like it's kind of like he's hitting notes that are a little hard for him <laughs> when he's going a little higher. We belong he's... together. Like it seemed like he was kind of getting. It, it is. Was, it it is unbearably sincere at times. He's, but it's, but it, uh, but it fits the character perfectly. He loves that little dog pal, uh, and. I did. I did appreciate that at the end of the song, everybody's like, well, "Why didn't you just do that one in the first place?" And it's like, "Play it again. We want to hear it again." And then Arthur's like, "If you want to hear it again, turn the track over. I'm tired." <laughs> yeah, I thought that was a clever ending. Uh, the next one is so Lucas and I, at the time of this recording, are getting ready uh, very soon to talk about uh, the ep- the episode where this song is featured. Uh, the official title is and i really apologize to anybody who is finnish uh matali ya musti aka the binky song 
by mm. Vartina. And I probably mm. butchered that because there's a couple of umlauts in there that I didn't take into account. Anyway, it is the song uh, of the group Binky, except in the episode, we, all we hear is and you might be surprised <laughs> to learn that it is an actual song with like lyrics. And mm. more than that, it's actually kind of a jam. I was getting into this. Yeah, no, it's a great song. I didn't realize that it. I thought that I didn't know if maybe Arthur, like the people, they had, they just made this song. But it's kind of making me seem like did, like did did somebody else write this song and they just used it for the episode? Again, I'm asking you a question you might not know, but I I actually looked this up, so I do know the answer. So it's uh, Vartina is a Finnish folk group. This is from their fourth album, and uh, the album was released in 1992. And the Binky episode didn't air until 1998. So something about this song, uh, I guess, spurred them on to use it uh, to represent Binky, the pop, the pop group. So I don't know what it was, but yeah. it, it seems like such a random choice. But also, it works because it's incredibly memorable. Yeah, I wonder what like yeah. I wonder like how would they have come across that song? I wonder if it was like a popular, very popular. Uh back then in like 92 for them to have like heard it and been like oh we can base an episode around that. it just seems really bizarre but maybe at the same time it kind of uh, worked out because them saying a we a we kind of uh, has some context uh, you know in in in, in this uh, part of the world so uh even if it's you know i don't know if maybe they're saying something maybe that means something in a different language but it, it definitely saying we means something over here so maybe they just kind of heard it and was like hey this this is a nice little tune let's do something with it well it's kind of like how uh it might be kind of like how there's that um i'll just say that european song that became the meme the Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like that has actual lyrics in it, but all everybody remembers is the part of the song where it sounds like he's shaking his face back and forth. <laughs> so, in a weird way, it's almost like, uh, Ar- like Arthur itself created an in-universe meme or something. Yeah, but it's but I like it. It's it actually really stands on its own as a song, and I would actually like to hear more from this band. Yeah, that, yeah, it'd be really interesting to go and and like listen to that album that they put out that with that song. That'd be funny. I, I should definitely go and do that. The next one we get. So earlier, I was taught. You know, I've been talking about how the voice actors of Arthur, you know, very talented as we know. Uh, it takes a, a special, a special talent to be able to not just sing, but sing in the voice of your character. Uh, so this next one is called "My Nightlight," and it's a Binky song and. Uh, I, I really have to give props to Vinky's voice actor for singing a whole song mm. in this character voice because it's not really... I wrote down here that Binky's vocals kind of remind me of a 90s grunge band. It's very much like uh, Binky, Binky the character can't sing. So this is trying to replicate him not being able to sing professionally. It's kind of hard to explain yeah. unless, unless you hear it. My nightlight stuck Protects me from dangers that slither up the stairs. They do without it. Everything in my room's creepy. Like that big goon face. 
it's really my pants thrown over a chair. <laughs> yeah, um, I this song he gets very, very uh, passionate about this nightlight in this song. It, it, it was uh, very inspiring, actually. At the end, he's he's just like the nightlights just like saying it so loud like he's so happy and passionate about his nightlights and you know everybody around him like all of the arthur characters are like singing in unison about the nightlight and everything so they're really backing uh binky so to not feel ashamed about his nightlight that he uses yeah like when i started listening to this song i was like okay some of these lyrics are funny it's you know uh, again, we had the episode about Binky and his nightlight. I'm like, all right, this is this is this is pretty cool. But by the end of it, man, it gets really epic. You you kind of mentioned it already, but it's like you get this backing chorus of people who still use nightlights, and they're just like, thanks to our nightlights. And Binky's like, thanks to our nightlights. <laughs> it's kind of it's kind of great. Like I, I know. at the end of it, I ended up I'm feeling like like inspired. Super pumped, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so I've got to give them props for that. Again, uh, some really funny lyrics in here too, of just like uh, Binky saying, "I've slept with ice cream, and it melt <laughs> and it melts to mush by dawn." By dawn. <laughs> yeah, and, and uh, I can tell that the voice actor is a very good singer, and I, I I I hate to try and explain this again. It's just I kept getting the. If you've ever heard like a Nirvana song or something like that about like how Kurt Cobain is not a great singer, but he just is able to write these songs where he's able to push his vocal range to the limit. And you can kind of there's a bit of there's something endearing about the fact that it's not a professionally trained voice, but at the same time. Mm. It's kind of reaching the heights in a different way. I don't know. It's really hard for me to talk about yeah. music. So if anybody no, else sense. kind of gets this uh, comparison, all you got to do is change the instruments, and this would be like a total uh, Nevermind B-side from Binky. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, 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 I dug the song a lot. And in fact, we actually get uh, – this is kind of the middle of the album is actually where we get a couple of like sleeper good ones. The next one – I also kind of dug is uh, Go to Sleep, which is a DW song. Very, very aggressive DW song. She really wants her little uh, baby Kate to, to go to sleep. Go! Sleep just says over and over and over. <laughs> it's got that sweet riff of just like <laughs> again some really great guitar work in this whole album and this one is that that riff is just like count a sheep <laughs> don't make a peep <laughs> it's very memorable so she's trying to find the best song to lull baby kate to sleep and of course you think the whole thing for the song is that she's basically just yelling at her uh, but it turns out that that type of song actually made Kate go to sleep. So I guess Kate is really into like 80s hair metal. Yeah, that was the only logical conclusion about this song. Um, for sure. Kate is, Kate is uh, one of the more metal babies that you come across. There's also a really funny bit at the end of this song where um, it's it's a little skit where like mom comes in and is just like, I'm, it's like, I want baby Kate to sleep. And DW's like, I got her to sleep. Uh, thanks guys. And then the band that was presumably playing the song, like pack up their instruments from DW's room and just like, good night DW, Mrs. R. See you tomorrow. Same time. Peace. <laughs> and they're just kind of, I don't know. I just thought it was funny, a funny way of acknowledging the fact that it's like, yeah, there's other musicians here besides uh, the singers. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a really, really clever song. 
We take a little uh, a little dip into ASMRville with this uh, quick little song here. It's uh, Brain's Thinking Tune. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I don't really know what to say about this. Uh, it, it, it's the brain thinking. That's that's the song. It it literally is. I think it's what um it's like thirty it's like thirty seconds long if that, and it's brain just going hmm and <laughs> like somebody playing a didgeridoo in the background. Yeah, like it's 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 the it's the it's the vocal equivalent of those old um uh what what do you call them those old like color backgrounds that you'd put up on Windows Media Player. <laughs> Of just like shapes and colors, yeah, and, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's it's real it's real trippy. Like if you're if you are in an altered state of mind, it might do something for you. Or again, if you're yeah. really into if you're really into ASMR, this might scratch an itch. I didn't know if this song. If you remember the episode where. Uh, the brain, like, do you remember that? It was, it was kind of funny, weird, but, like, the brain had, like, his intro to Arthur, like, yeah. as if he was the main character. And if you remember at the end, he was, like, uh, he, basically the song is just about how he likes to think. And so at the end, he's, like, hmm, hmm, hmm. And that's the end of the of the intro. I thought maybe they were, like, referring, like, that was the idea for this song was him just thinking at the end of that one because that was, like, part of that song. I don't know. Something no, you're right. Um, we actually just in in uh, our real world timeline right here, uh, Lucas and I just recorded that episode. It's like uh, it's a parody on the Arthur opening where Brain kind of stops and thinks. So I, I I I went there as well because that was fresh in my mind. That's a good yeah. memory. The good memory though, and uh, yeah, just kind of the joke that Brain likes to just just think, <laughs> just think about th- think about stuff, stuff and things. <laughs> yes. Uh, the next one we get is is an actual song, and it's another one uh, that is kind of it's just the episode again, but uh, uh, going into a bit of a different genre than you might expect. It's Arthur's Lucky Pencil in kind of a re- in kind of a reggae style. I found the lucky pencil, and it's gonna be so lucky for me. Yeah, I I um enjoy that they kind of uh it's it seems like somehow that that genre just kind of does well with Arthur. You know what I mean? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, like I mean Z- uh, Ziggy Marley and the Melody Makers are I don't I I I actually haven't listened to any of their stuff, but uh, you know Ziggy Marley uh you know comes from the the reggae roots of uh of Bob Marley and Co and uh it's yeah, it is funny how like that kind of, you're right. That audio aesthetic kind of ends yeah. up working with, uh, and with you Arthur, wouldn't expect it. Yeah, yeah. It, I guess it's because Arthur is generally pretty a pretty chill show, and reggae is a, is a pretty chill genre to listen to. Yeah, yeah. So it ma- it makes it it gives this song, which could be a little bit, uh, you know, by the numbers. Oh, it's the same. Uh, it's the same song about Arthur's Lucky Pencil that the show did, but it's done in a style that makes you kind of remember it. I'd love to hear, um, the, I'd love to hear Rihanna do a cover of this. <laughs> I feel like she could do something, something really, something that really snaps. 
Yes, I, I mean, I, I, I think that that's a, a good ask. Maybe you could tweet her and see what she thinks about it. Ooh, okay. I'll put that on my to-do <laughs> list for the week this comes out. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, like uh, very very nice and chilled listen to. It reminds me that I don't actually listen to a lot of reggae these days, and maybe, uh, maybe I ought to dip my toe back into those waters. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean... If it works for Arthur, it can it can work for you too. Uh, the next one I will admit is probably my favorite song on the album. It's "Homework," sung by oh. mainly Mr. Ratburn. Just a little homework tonight. 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 Dude, that this is I, I wrote down that this is uh, pretty much my favorite uh, song on on the album too. This Ooh. like in that music video uh, episode, the, for some reason, like even though this wasn't the most uh, peppy song on the on on in that episode, like I it, for some reason it always got stuck in my head almost more than the Jekyll Jekyll Hyde song. Like I found myself this week just singing this song. Uh, to, it was kind of funny, you know, at the beginning, he's like, class, you've really worked hard today. And anytime uh, I would sing that, my wife, Sarah, would say, you could say that again. And I'd say, okay. Okay. Class. <laughs> we we kind of had this uh, joke going on. I would sing that 24-7, and she would join in with me. So I did find myself, now that you mentioned it, humming this week, just a little homework <laughs> tonight. Uh, yeah, so this is uh, Mr. Ratburn's song, and again, a different genre. This time it's acapella, because the back the background almost sounds like a episode of uh, of disney's doug it's just like boom mm. it, uh, ooh. It's, it's instantly <laughs> memorable so th- uh, this one isn't necessarily something that that you'll get but um so when i was younger in elementary school we had to start off the day uh by like our office would play uh oh canada our national anthem over the mm-hmm. over the speakers and Sometimes on Friday, so we would have like a pretty normal version from Monday to Thursday. But then, like Friday, every once in a while, they would put on an acapella rendition of "Oh Canada," and hmm. this reminded me. It, it just brought me back to that part of my childhood of like, oh yeah, that was the best when we would get to uh, listen to the acapella <laughs> one. It just reminded me of this. I I, I just find acapella. Um, as instrument to be very endearing in a way. There's a great part in here. So I, I think this is a great song. I love the lyrics. I love uh, Mr. Ratburn's uh, voice actor. I think he's a great singer. And there's a part after the first chorus where it's like, just a little homework tonight. And then one of the, one of the, <laughs> oh, acapella- yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. One of the acapella guys goes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's my favorite part of the whole song. But I like it when Buster, uh, it, they have several of those uh, instances where um, somebody just kind of adds a little to their voice to the song. But I think it's Buster who's like, why, it sounds like Buster's voice actor. I don't know if it is or not. I just always assumed that it was. Yeah, because that the whole dialogue is kind of between Ratburn and Buster. And at the end, it's like, Buster, pay attention. And like you said, why, I think I'm going to die. It's it, it it adds it adds something. It's it again makes it more memorable. It's just a, real fun and just puts a smile on your face. At least it did yeah. for me. Yeah, I love that song. Even though it is about like the most ungodly amount of homework <laughs> I've ever heard of. I like I didn't get that kind of homework in high school. This is good. This is third grade. Uh, the next one I don't really have much to say about. It's Poetry Club, 
And essentially, so there was the episode in season one of they all had to join the poetry club. And it's the same poems from that episode, just kind of reworked a little bit. Uh, There's like there's like somebody playing a bongo to all of them, a bongo drum. And it's the same poems. They just kind of perform them again. Yeah. And then there's like a ending where DW comes up and, you know, tries to secretly uh, disguise the crazy bucks, crazy bus lyrics as uh, as her poem. And Arthur catches on very quickly and he's like, wait, what? And then he like, I guess it was some uh, crazy. What what is the crazy bus lyric that she Wacky, wacky, gooey, goofy, spoony, absolutely bustalooey. Yeah, but it was bustalooey. That that one, that one, uh, really cued to Arthur that this this wasn't a song that uh, I mean a poem that D.W. herself wrote because bustalooey is not a word he knows for a fact. Yeah, the, we uh, shouldn't mention there's a couple of skits throughout the album where D.W. is trying to get Crazy Bus played on the album, <laughs> but then Arthur like quickly stops her. Like they're just they're just kind of funny. Happen for a couple of seconds, and it leads up to the end of the album, which we're gonna get to in just a couple of songs here. Uh, this next one, of course, is one that was the basis of an entire episode, mm. but it is nice to get it as its own thing. The Ballad of Buster Baxter, as per- performed by everybody's favorite moose, Art Garfunkel. This is the story about the face on the cake. It belongs to Buster Baxter. Baby boy, bunny Buster Baxter was born eight years ago. At first all he did was cry and eat and eat and eat and grow, eat and grow, that's all he did. Yeah, man, I one of my favorite songs, uh, probably my second favorite on, just in Arthur uh, period, I, I love this song. I love how they did it with that, uh, not that we're really talking about this, but I love how they incorporated that song with, with, uh, with that episode, just the entirety of that episode, just kind of gave that episode more of a sentimental value, um, and everything. Make, I just thought it was really clever. Makes it a lot more memorable too. Um, th- this one is essentially the uh, the extended version of the song, where there's a couple of extra lines, uh, some background vocals have been added in, and it's super chill. It's like I love the kind of it's not. It's, I wouldn't say it's like lazily strumming, but it's just such a laid back. Uh, mm-hmm. Melody that Art Garfunkel's playing on the guitar, and like I could just picture myself putting headphones on and just kind of listening to that same melody over and over to just calm myself down. Yeah, yeah. I I mean, growing up, I always really really loved a, a acoustic guitar, and that was that's what I play. Um, just kind of taught myself, and you know, and thinking back now. It's funny how stuff like I never played acoustic when I was a kid or anything. That was later on, but it's funny how songs that I'm realizing now were my favorite songs, like the Ballad of Buster uh, Baxter. Um, you know, really stuck out to me a- as a kid, and now I'm realizing like I just really liked acoustic guitar music, and that is an acoustic guitar song. Um, so yeah, just listening back to it, it was kind of like, man, I bet this song kind of influenced my decision to try and learn how to play. I should actually learn how to play that song on acoustic. That would, man, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to see if anybody has put tabs up for that after we finish. I was, I was going to ask you if you knew how to play that song. I would, oh, I would love to hear the Jordan Taylor version of the Ballad of Buster Baxter. Dude, I need to do my own version of that song. That would be that would be great to just put out randomly. <laughs> I, I know I know you've got a busy schedule, but if you ever do that, please let me know. I will be all over <laughs> that that download for sure. Oh man, uh, yeah, I'll try and do that. We'll see what I can do. 
And uh, fans of Jordan Taylor out there, hold him to that. Don't don't <laughs> don't harass him or anything. But just every once in a while, just be like, "Hey, Jordan, how's the how's the Battle of the Buster Baxter going? You still uh, still in the lab cooking that one up?" I actually wouldn't mind that reminder. That would give me a little bit more motivation to really complete it. I'll I'll drop one in maybe halfway through the year. See where you're, see how you're going with that. Uh, we're nearly to the end of the album here. This one is another one that was featured on the music episode, Leftovers Goulash, which is oh, yeah. Arthur D.W. and Dad, and Dad Reed's song about uh, Dad's weird uh, dishes that he's cooked. There are so many it things to like make. A custard soup, a liver cake. A curry pie with prunes and about some leftovers goulash? Hey! It's such a stressful song. Like, <laughs> I can feel my heart rate go when I'm listening to it. <laughs> stressful in like the music or just in yeah. terms of the... No, just like... Yeah, and just like the whole situation and the music video behind it is, you know, it's just a, a situations going on that are like, oh, oh man, they're, they're really getting in trouble. Uh, this is another one where they're definitely using classical music. Like, you, um, mm-hmm. I wish I wish I could identify them, but like, da, da, na, da, na, 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 <laughs> and all all yeah. those kinds of things. So yeah, and but they're uh, like you said, they're much more kind of up tempo classical music. So it, <laughs> the song really moves, and there's a lot to talk about in terms of like the type of food that Dad makes. Um, I also noticed in this song that you can hear D.W.'s voice actor, her first voice actor. Uh, getting older. Uh, like we're into the third season now, maybe even going on to the fourth season, and he's starting to sound less like D.W. and more like a young man. Yeah, no, I, I it's it's funny you you bring that up because I, uh, I I told uh, my wife Sarah that I, I not not about this one, but the go to sleep song. I, I was like, th- I was like, I don't, I'm I'm pretty sure that D.W.'s voice actor is uh is a boy. And so, because like when she's saying "go to sleep," it just kind of sounded like a boy, and that was the first time I'd ever really that that had ever been broken for me, you know. So I, I looked it up, and yeah, sure enough, it was it was a boy who 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 was singing. I was like, "That's funny." So that's, anyways, that's kind of funny that you brought that up. And of course, we'd be remiss if we didn't mention some of the dishes that Dad is making: uh, a jellied fish inside a beet, chocolate eels, uh, a, like a rhubarb roast. Uh, the one that I wrote down is there's so there's a real big ramp up at the end of the song where he's just he's just saying stuff of just like take a pot and add a lot of da 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 da, da. and then one of the throwaway <laughs> lines is some brains and feet can't wait to eat. Uh, <laughs> no some matter we can't wait to eat. <laughs> no matter whether it's human or if it's animal or what, don't eat brains. <laughs> I don't think that like there's not a good way you could cook brains. There's just like stuff in brains that you just shouldn't eat yeah i don't know mr reed is he's pretty talented with with cooking as so i hear but i mean yeah i i, I wouldn't trust that no. this is this is like this is like wolfgang puck plus levels of like genius cookery so yeah, yeah. I, I i don't understand how he doesn't have his own show mr reed but it's uh definitely it gets a little gross here with all of the the food stuff but i i always enjoy them kind of finding new stuff like new crazy food that doesn't exist for mr reed to try i think that's always a fun way to see how the writers kind of stretch their imaginations yeah yeah exactly and of course we couldn't end end off any kind of arthur album made this early into the show's run without 
the infamous Crazy Bus. That's right. So That's it's right. Es- it's essentially the full version of the Crazy Bus song. You know, we've heard it enough in the TV show uh, that you know you you pretty you pretty much know exactly how it sounds like. I I I am very impressed with how the writers of the show were able to so effectively make like recreate an annoying kids song. Crazy bus, crazy bus, riding on a crazy bus, riding up, riding down, driven by a funny clown, wacky, goony, goofy, spoony, high as a plane or baloney. Crazy bus, come with us as we ride, 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 ride. It's a crazy bus, not a schmazy. Yeah, and make it and make it catchy. Like, I mean. How can you not like the Crazy Bus song? But you can see why Arthur doesn't like it, and you can see why you wouldn't like it in the situation. But at the same time, it's like, I mean, it's a good song. Like, you know what I mean? Well, a lot of, and it's funny because, like, a lot of the catchiest or, like, most annoying songs usually are just like, oh, yeah, we weren't intending it for be like the, to be like that. We just kind of wrote it, and then it was kind of like nobody, it, it's kind of like making, like, setting out to make an intentionally bad movie. Like, there's going to mm. be an element of, like, um, I'm, mm. trying to, I'm trying to think of the word, but there's an element, there's a je ne sais quoi that is lost in trying to purposely recreate that. And I feel like that's the same way for like a song that's supposed to be catchy or like trying, yeah. trying to create a meme. And it's, it's, there's an element that just has to naturally happen. And I'm so impressed that they were able to make something that's this annoying, like while trying to. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, Yeah. Wow, I never really thought about it like that, but that that is a great point. <laughs> um, I I will also add. So the the part that we don't hear in the episodes uh, with Crazy Bus is there's this weird bit in the middle after you know the chorus, which the choruses which everybody knows. There's this where this guy's kind of like low talking. He's like, a "Flat tire is no problem because it's only flat on the bottom." A flat tire is no like it sounds like somebody trying to proposition me over the phone. <laughs> It's weird, yeah, and it's I don't like strange. it. <laughs> it's, it. It just doesn't fit with the rest of the song, and then it immediately goes into the wacky, gooey, goofy, spoony, yeah. all that kind of stuff. So yeah, I don't just, know. I don't, it didn't make sense. Kind of made me feel weird, but that's that's the way to end it off. Of course, the end of this album long running joke about DW trying to get Crazy Bus on is that she finally does, and then Arthur finds out about it much too late, and you know, yells for his mom. And that's the end of the very first Arthur album. So Jordan, what were your overall impressions uh, from uh, this album? Yeah. I, I, I thought that they did a great job of, um, you know, using a bunch of different, uh, different genres into one album to kind of make it a, a, a cohesive whole and just kind of represent the show in general. Uh, I thought it was really well done even if there were some songs that you know not that i'm going to sit there and uh, listen to them over and over again um but yeah overall i just thought it was really really good this was a complete slice of nostalgia for me and i'm really glad that we were able to talk about it like i said i listened to this tape dozens and dozens of times that's why i'm able to remember so many of these lyrics like i'm not looking at a lyric site to remember these these are all straight from my memory which is (laughs) Really sad because my memory is really bad for like things that matter, like people's birthdays and middle names. But oh, I can remember every lyric to Arthur versus the piano, no problem. Uh, but it's but it was such a big part of my Arthur fandom as a child, and I'm really glad that we were able to find enough of it. Like I said, there's some parts that like don't work. There's some songs that I definitely don't ever want to hear again. But talking about it now, 
Like I, um, I, I'm gonna go back and listen to a couple of these songs. I'm gonna see if maybe this is on iTunes and I can buy these track by track. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm gonna, again, I'm gonna try and and learn the ballad of Buster Baxter on the guitar and 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 make something out of that. We we will see. Well, Jordan, I really hope you do, and I want to thank you again for uh, joining me here for this special episode of ECL. Now you are uh you're a happening dude. You've got a busy schedule. I'm very happy that you were able to join me. Uh you are of course uh on YouTube and doing all kinds of other stuff. So please remind people where they can find you. Yeah, um I really appreciate it, man. I I, I will come on anytime you want me to. Uh, I have a YouTube channel, uh basically just uh youtube.com slash Jordan Taylor videos. Um, and I also have another YouTube channel, uh, Blimey Cow, um, which is, uh, it has more subscribers, uh, but I'm active on both, uh, very active on both. And, uh, yeah, I have an album, um, called Long Drive, um, that's on iTunes, Amazon MP3, and, uh, Google Play, so, um, I need to put that on Spotify, it's not on there yet, but, um, you can also go to our website, BlimeyCow.com, and through various links on there, you can listen to the album on blimeycow.com, like the uh, entirety of it. So if uh, if you wanted to go check it out without uh, actually buying it, you can definitely go and do that. Um, yeah, Twitter, uh, Messi underscore Jordan. That's, that's pretty much it. Right on. And, of course, Elwood City Limits is available through social media, Facebook, Twitter, uh, Tumblr. You can email us, elwoodcitylimits at gmail.com. Uh, and you can find us on uh, iTunes. We are on Google Play, and you can also find us elwoodcitylimits.libsyn.com. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N. And hopefully it won't be too long before we have uh, another ECL Extra and before we have uh, Jordan Taylor back on the show, and hopefully, again, won't be too long before we hear that uh, ballad of Buster Baxter. (laughs) Man, I I will try my hardest. All right, my man. Thanks a lot for joining me once again. That's Jordan Taylor, everybody. My name's Will Young. Thanks for listening to this episode of ECL Extra. Have a great week.